welcome to the Defender Podcast, a resource to help mobilize and equip the body of Christ to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children. This podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services, and I'm your host, Herbie Newell. Today is March 4th, 2020, and I'm coming to you from Birmingham, Alabama. Today, we are starting a series of stories as told at a Lifeline event called Arc Stories, which was held January 31st. 2020 in partnership locally in Birmingham, Alabama with Arc Stories. And Arc Stories is a storytelling event where we take real people telling their real stories about how their life has been impacted. And we partnered with Arc Stories to be able to highlight real stories that have been impacted by adoption, foster care, and caring for the vulnerable. And so today, our first storyteller that we're going to hear from is Sonia Martin. Sonia is adopted mom. She is a foster mom, and she's a Lifeline staff member in Central Alabama. She serves the body of Christ by teaching about trauma-informed care, encouraging others to get engaged with foster care and the system, as well as encouraging others towards adoption and loving on the vulnerable. We're grateful for Sonia and excited for you to hear her story. But before we do, we want you to know about our Mission Kid program. No matter what you've planned for your summer children's events, we have a great resource to help you, which includes a quality missions element. It's called Mission Kid. And this year, children will walk alongside Evans and Victoria, two campers in Liberia who are learning new skills to take with them when they move into the community and out of their orphanage. All materials are available now for you free at lifelinechild.org backslash mission kid. Again, that's lifelinechild.org backslash mission kid. And we're excited for you to get this curriculum and to add it to your summer children's events. And now, without further ado, let's hear from Sonia Martin. My name is Worthless. That's what I was told. Worthless, take out the trash. Worthless, go cook dinner. Worthless, mow the lawn. Worthless. It's my name. And when you listen to those words ring forth day after day, year after year, a funny thing starts to happen. It becomes your identity. So worthless is who I am. I lived first in an abandoned shed that had been used as a chicken coop and then moved across the field into a house in literally the middle of nowhere that lacked heat, air, and indoor plumbing. The outhouse is to your right. And if you've ever been a teenage girl washing your hair with a garden hose in the dead of winter, you know the sting on your scalp, and you know that no amount of conditioner is going to touch those tangles. Abandoned at three by my birth father and subject to daily abuse encounters at the hands of my stepfather, and then abandoned by my mother in middle school and left with my stepfather, my name soon matched my identity, which matched my circumstance. I mean, why would my birth father stay? I am worthless. Why would my mother stay? I have no worth. 
I was the girl with the dirty clothes. I was the girl who sat on the bus alone after the field trip because I didn't have any money to go in and buy a snack. I was the girl who wore the same shirt day after day after day. And so it was on that inevitable afternoon when my stepfather pulled out that gun that I realized, doesn't matter, I don't have any worth. And I remember every detail of that so clearly. I remember standing at that stove and I can hear the sizzle of the taco meat I had cooking. I can feel the weight of the knife I held in my hand as I chopped those tomatoes. If I close my eyes, I can feel the warmth of the sun streaming in through the plastic. Plastic because there was no windows. And that is when I first heard the gunshot and then I felt it. As a scream I can still hear in my head leapt from my mouth, I looked down. And as I watched the blood drip down from my wrists and felt it seep through my shirt and trickle down my back, I stood frozen in such fear, pain, and abject terror, unable to move, unable to scream anymore, I just stood. And I don't know how long I stood there. I just remember that I eventually took a shower with a garden hose, watched the blood mix with the water on the grass under my bare feet, and I went to bed. Almost unbelievably, this is what trauma can do. Okay, that just happened. Shower, bed, get up, go to school. I told a friend that next day at school what had happened under the strictest of pinky swear confidences. And no sooner had I gotten off the bus that day when a state trooper wearing a bulletproof vest rang the doorbell. It turns out that pinky swear confidences are not as legally binding as I thought they were <laughs> at the time. I immediately ran and hid in the basement. I didn't know what was about to happen, but I knew it wasn't going to be good. And maybe, just maybe, no one would find me in the basement. And I remember watching that trooper drive away that day and thinking that really, no matter what, clearly, no matter what, there really was no help for me. There really is no hope for me. I skipped the sixth grade, um, graduated at 16, took out approximately $1.2 billion in student loan debt, and I went to college. By 17, I was, not at all surprisingly, pregnant. And that baby, that sweet six-pound, eight-ounce baby boy is exactly what the Lord used to turn my eyes towards him. See, I wanted better for that baby. I wanted warmth and love and security, and I wanted indoor plumbing for that baby. Now, granted, at that time, the only thing I knew about parenting was what not to do. So I did what any normal person in this situation would do. I watched The Cosby Show. <laughs> Which, admittedly, at this point, is a little bit ironic. <laughs> and I will say this, though I in no way advocate or promote teen pregnancy, let me just tell you, there are some very real advantages to only being a few years older than your son. My favorite being the day known as the day I took Jason to Foot Locker. He was a junior in high school at this point, six feet tall. We'd gone in, he picked out some shoes, tried them on, we're good to go. He walks up and puts them on the counter and steps back. 
At which point, I step forward, wallet in hand, and, you know, standing there, and the cashier, young guy, looks at him, looks at me, looks back at him, and says, boy, you go let your girl buy your shoes? (laughs) Jason, mortified, goes, she's my mom. I died. I died a thousand deaths. But back in those early days, I was 17. I was vulnerable and alone and at the time without hope. And this is exactly what I love about Lifeline. I love that we look these women in the eye and say, you are not worthless. You are far from alone. We will stand with you. We are here for you. All these years later, those physical scars remain. But what I know is this. They are so inconsequential to the scars he bore for me. Broken for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities, this is the Savior that stepped down toward me. I bear no resemblance at all anymore to that broken little girl, which is such a perfect illustration in the word when Isaiah says that God will bestow upon them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of despair. I am the first believer from a legacy of unbelief. I am still the only believer in my family apart from my children. I'm the first person to graduate from college. I'm the first person to live a life that is wholly oriented towards saving a king, towards serving a king who saved a wretch like me. Yeah, all of that. So I did not adopt a dying child from an ocean away because of who I am. I did not adopt two other boys with special needs because of who I am. As a foster mother, I don't spend some evenings sitting in a Burger King in a really rough part of town with a drug-addicted mama so that she can spend some time with her baby because of who I am. I invest in and spend time with and pour into and love and lead and disciple these women because of who he is. My name is Sonia, daughter of the King, redeemed, forgiven, chosen, and full of worth. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Defender Podcast. If you enjoy making this podcast a part of your weekly routine, we'd love for you to take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review the Defender Podcast to make it easier for more people to find. For more information how you and your church can partner with Lifeline, visit us at lifelinechild.org. If you want to connect with me, please visit herbienewell.com. Follow us at Lifeline on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter by searching for Lifeline Child. You can email us directly at info at lifelinechild.org. Beloved, will you allow God to use the gospel through you to impact the life of a child? Please contact us because we are here to defend the fatherless. We'll see you again next week for the Defender Podcast.